Welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Welcome everybody. On behalf of Kim and myself, I would like to welcome you to our Ask Us Anything highlights. So in this question, Cher is asking about the energy shifts and the physical symptoms that we can receive. Here's what Kim and I had to say. See, Cher said she had a touch of vertigo the other day with migraine and nausea for a couple of days. And you know what? You bring up some interesting points there too. I find when there are energy shifts, sometimes I'll get nausea, definitely can get headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many body symptoms that you can you know we don't we're not consciously aware of it but our bodies will respond to it it's a reminder though that we are energy and we are so susceptible to outside energy as well which makes it all the more validating as to why you need to be aware of your energy and other people's energy and what you can do to kind of bring yourself and keep yourself grounded yeah that's one thing i started noticing as I became more intuitive, as those skill sets developed more, I was actually even in tune to when storms and things come in. So prior to shifts and changes in our weather patterns and things like that, it was actually manifesting in my body. So I go, mm-hmm. oh, there's a storm coming, something's coming up because it's almost like it, the energy builds and then usually it lasts before through and then just slightly after then it begins to dissipate. That's also how like, you know, ailments and diseases form in our body as well is because it's, it's almost like a buildup or a blockage of energy that then manifests into something bigger. And, and we know from a spiritual or metaphysical, Louise Hay did a lot of work with that. We know mm-hmm. that when we hold on to emotion, it does manifest in our body. And I've had these conversations with Kim. When I'm reading from a mediumship perspective, there's certain things that if they show me a face void of emotion, that represents to me that the person struggled emotionally mm-hmm. and pretty much 99% of the time when I get that, it represents that that individual either passed from heart issues or they passed um, from cancer. Mm-hmm. In this question, Pamela is asking about her daughter. She feels that she's an empath and she wanted to know if she had any healing abilities. So Kim and myself, we're going to elaborate more about, you know, what does it mean to heal? Pamela's question that she had put up earlier saying that her daughter is an empath and she's questioning, does she have any healing abilities? And if so, what would they be? I think they all have healing abilities. Yeah. Right. The power of the mind. You know, if we accept willingly that, oh, as an example, I'm a diabetic, I'm a type 2 diabetic. And so if I go, well, this is a disease that I have, then that's what I'm going to have. So I'm not saying that I'm ignoring the fact that there is an issue or blockage in my body, but I'm also not taking ownership of that disease because as soon as I do that, it is, you know, the little genie or the waiter, the way Kim puts it. And so it is. Right. 
So what I do now is through my spiritual mind treatments and my daily spiritual practices, I remind myself that I am health. The essence of what I am is health. And I've chosen to create this. It could be a lesson. It could be something I came in with that is attached to something I need to learn. But I definitely now don't go, this is what I have. I really try and be more aware. I know I do it at times. So when we talk about healing, we all have the ability to heal mm -hmm. through the mind. We were talking about that this morning, right? New thoughts. Mm -hmm. New thought, one new thought. Also, too, what I find is I think when she's talking about healing, it's like, you know, going above and beyond thinking, is it this big thing? But healing is something as having compassion for someone, doing something, you know, maybe maybe a loved one is ill and you're taking care of them. Maybe you're a nurse and you're in that industry. Like there's so many different ways that healers, you know, quote unquote, work in this world. It doesn't necessarily have to be like Reiki or, you know, doctors, but there's so many aspects. Like, it, I think it's a very broad term as a healer. I think because they are an empath, I think, to be honest, they take on, they're able to feel almost what their, well, again, quote unquote, patient or whoever they're looking after needs, and they know what to do instinctively or intuitively know what to do to take care of them. So absolutely, as an empath, I think that there's definite healing abilities there. And it's just really, if she's trying to get a better sense of her abilities, tell her to follow her heart. Where is she being guided to? What is what is she being guided to help or volunteer? Or, you know what I mean? Like, just tell her to just listen to her heart where she's being guided to. And that will just bring forward her healing abilities. But I do, I don't know about you, but I already feel like she's already in like some kind of nursing industry or something. Yeah. But when we just choose to honor it, I mean, healing yeah. can be simply being there for a friend and listening to somebody. Yeah. You know, I think the intention behind what she was asking was what is the healing uh, modality or thing for yeah. her. But I think we just wanted to take that beyond just here's something I'm going to learn. I'm a Reiki master. Well, Reiki yeah. isn't the only way that I heal. Yeah. You can heal through a simple word, a simple thought a simple energy that you're sending out to people. So not to get stuck in, this is the only way that I'm going to help or heal somebody. Yeah. Right. It can extend so much more beyond that. A kind heart, right? Really? Yeah, very much so. But I agree, Kim. I think she's already in the healer helper anyway. And yeah. typically as an empath, I do describe it as a sponge. So yes, we do perceive people's emotions, but we will also attract that, you know, how many times have you all of a sudden had someone come and talk to you? You don't know them. They're telling you their life story. So our mm -hmm. energy is putting out the fact that, you know, we are healers, right? <laughs> and so here's that magnetic pull in case you've yeah. always wondered, why are all these people telling me their life story when I don't even know who they are? <laughs> and at every level, they know that you're safe. Yeah. It's so true. All the time. Yeah. Right. My sister makes fun of me all the time because it's like everywhere we go, it's like people just start, you know, make conversation. She's like, why does everyone always open up to you? And I'm like, I'm just, I just have that face. I just have that face, that energy that people want to talk to me. <laughs> exactly. In this question, Stacy said that she was a level two Reiki practitioner and that she tends to get dizzy or headaches during treatments or afterwards she's so exhausted she needs to take a nap. So we talked a little bit more about what is really going on here. Stacy says she's a Reiki level two trained and tends to get dizzy or headaches during treatments. Or she says, or I need a nap. I think something that everyone has to remember too is this is hard work. Like when you are especially doing Reiki, you're working with energy 
that isn't just your everyday energy. So it is tiring. It is exhausting. And so I don't know how long you've been training for Stacy. What is your aftercare? What is your before care, right? Or the grounding that happens before you start your service? Or what do you do afterwards to help expel some of that energy that is no longer serving you? That would be a question that I would ask you, Stacy. Yep. And as a Reiki master, a couple things for you. The first thing, you know, we do prayer beforehand, mm-hmm. right? And what we refer to as gas hole, make sure you're grounding down. Because if you are in an ungrounded state, it's going to cause dizziness, it's going to cause headaches, it can cause nausea. So a lot of times when I recognize if I'm picking up, I know I'm not grounded the way I need to be grounded. So take those few extra minutes, take those deep breaths, imagine your feet being tree roots going into the ground. And Kim is exactly right. After and following a session, again, we need to clear ourselves. So we have something called dry bathing in Reiki. But what we're doing is we're bringing our hands down. So you bring your hands down and across and it's like you're flicking it off. Mm-hmm. Down and across, flick it off. Down the torso. It's like you're just getting rid of it. Yeah. So making sure that you're, you know, nourishing yourself afterward. Mm-hmm. And she said she's been doing it a few years and she's never tried any rituals before or after. Look into, you know, whoever taught you should have taught taught you dry bathing. Okay. And if, if you're not familiar with that, reach out, drop me a message and I'll be more than happy to send you information on that. But your Reiki master should have taught you that. The other comment Kim made too is it's high energy work, right? So a couple things, you know, making sure that it's not your energy that you're trying to put into your client, that you are staying in the flow of the Reiki energy. Mm-hmm. And just the fact it can be tiring when you come out of that. So any of this energy work, I know um, when I was doing some training, Carmel Joy Baird, one of the things she equated the work that we do, one hour worth of energy work is like running around a football stadium 10 times. Yep. People see you standing. They see you sitting. Even we do this work. I see you sitting. Oh, well, you're just sitting there. Well, no, I'm expelling a hell of a lot of energy to stay in the zone that I need to stay in. So it is extremely, and it can be hard on the body, right? The more that you practice with it, the more your body will become adjusted to it. I mean, diet can have a play. There's so many different avenues from that. But at the end of the day, nurture yourself. Um, Baths with sea salt, Epsom salts, the magnesium. It helps to clear the energy out of the body as well. So there's so many different things you can do. Find out what resonates and give it a try. Beautiful. We have the gas hoe, which is the starting point where we're calling spirit in Reiki energy, Reiki guides. But we also have the, um, sorry, the the dry bathing. I think it's called Kenyuku. It's like energy 101. Clear, 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 clear after. Ground, protect, clear after. Amanda asked us about tarot cards. She recently got some and she asked what advice Kim and myself had for her. This is what we had to say. Um, Amanda was saying she recently got into tarot cards. Do you have any advice for that? I I don't do tarot, but I do Oracle. Do you do tarot? I did Oracle too. I never personally was drawn to tarot. And that was simply because, you know, if people were seeing like the tower or death and stuff, it would instill fear. So I was never drawn to it because of that. Yeah. Angel tarot, which is more soft. But again, with any tool, we're clearing our tools, we're grounding ourselves, we're getting in the space we need to be in. Again, we're always having the protection. We can set the intention. Let the cards come forward for the best of the individual you're reading for. There's so many things. Intention, energy, asking, it all comes into play. Okay. And as I say that, the guides jumped in. They said, and trust. They said, you second guess the information you get when you pull a card. I don't know about Kim, but when I started my Oracle cards, really simple deck, I would go off of 
what was written on the card. Yeah. But there was times later on, once I got versed in those cards, that the message they were giving me in association with the card wasn't necessarily what was written on the card. Yes. So it really does come to a place of trust and practice. I think that's why I never got into tarot is because I felt like tarot, you had to rely on what the book said because I didn't understand. Like, because to me, it's like you're pulling up, okay, like a five of cups or whatever it is. It's like, what the heck does that mean? So I didn't, I was like, Meh. so when I got into Oracle cards, I literally, I'd put them, but I'd either put it between my two hands and hold it like this, or I'd place it against my heart when I first started. And I would listen for the message and then I would give it. And then I'd be like, Ooh, it's like, it's like a cheater sheet. Be like, Oh, I was right. So it validated a lot. And it built up my trust that way. And now it's like, I hold the card up and like, when I do my lives, I'll read it. But it literally, it's all, it all just comes in. Like I, it's for me, I love Oracle cards. And I do recommend that to my students because it is a good way to start connecting. Because if you trust, no matter what card you pull, even if you don't understand it in that moment, know that that is the card you are meant to receive. And it will make sense to you later in the day. But 95% of the time, it makes sense right away. Because that's what like, it's just another way for spirit to be like, hello, we're talking to you. So pull a card, you can trust it, you know, pick a deck that feels you feel aligned to, you know, like, I don't know about you, but like, I've got, you know, so many, I've got probably close to 50 decks of cards, right? <laughs> but because we're always changing and we're always being called to different cards and stuff like that. Although it's funny because I've got that many decks, but I always use the same one, which is hilarious. But yeah, but for you, Amanda, I would just, yeah, just pick a pick tarot. If that's what you're in line with, that's what feels good. Stick with it, but just trust what, you know, you can look at the book, but also really trust what's coming through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you can call different layers of reading. So if when you're reading just from the card of the book, that's one, one level. But as you continue to develop and grow, that intuition will pick up. So look at the card itself too. What is jumping out? What is that intuition saying to you about certain imagery that's on the card? Yeah. I mean, that's huge too. I know for me, when I started too, they always talk about certain spreads. You should do it this way. And I was never drawn to that. It's like, okay, I'm just going to shuffle cards, see what jumps out, see what I'm drawn to pull. Um, obviously looking at what I call the jumpers because they're over yeah, the book, just they're gonna say, yep. the neck, right? Yep. But the more that you practice and work with it, you'll find that your intuition will kick in more so than I have to read a card or I have to do it according to a structure. We have structure in order to learn. Mm -hmm. But once you kind of have that learning and how things come together, then you can trust the intuition to flow on how you need to do it personally for yourself. Yeah. Also, if there's a card that is saying something, but it means something different to you, like you said, whether it's an image that's reminding you of something, then place that on that card like you don't have to follow what the card is saying I is literally re reiterating what you are saying there but make it your own and trust just trust what's coming through and Absolutely. I think that's the hardest thing when we first start, we lack that trust. Yeah. But it's like with any tool, like I say, when you work a muscle, the more you work it, the stronger it gets. So it takes time. So don't get frustrated when you're kind of going, oh, well, I thought it was this, but then there was that over there. Mm -hmm. Don't get wrapped up in the stress and the worry about that. Just trust that deeper part and just bring it forward. I think that was one of my biggest challenges when I started too, was what if I say this and I'm wrong? Yeah. Right. And I was really stuck in that for a long time until I just went, you know what, I have to just put it forward, give it out. And even if the person doesn't understand that message in the moment, a week later, they may. Mm -hmm. For right? sure. So I don't have to go, oh, my God, it was wrong. And then because stress kills connections. Yes. Pressure. Yeah. In this question, Cher was asking us about repetitive numbers that she was continuing to see, like 111 and 333. 
Kim and I talked a little bit about the synchronicity and numbers and what it can represent. Cher is saying 111-222-1010-444-555. I've seen all these just today and it's pretty steady lately. And sometimes I feel like something positive is going to happen, but usually nothing happens. Ah, yes. Divine timing. (laughs) I love this message for you because especially I love 555 because to me that's new beginnings. And then I feel like 111, that's all positive manifesting stuff. So for you, Cher, I think that nothing's happening because it's not quite ready to happen yet. But yeah, the thing is, is like, these are all signs of spirit letting you know that they're listening to you, letting you know that you're on the right path and that things are moving forward. But when you say nothing usually happens, to me, that's like stopping your flow, allowing it to come through and trusting that divine timing is going to happen. So anything that you're manifesting, anything that you're working towards, know that it's coming. It actually is coming. I think we've talked a little bit about this as far as the creative process and how we manifest and that's why it doesn't work for a lot of people because we are always creating from our subconscious mind so as soon as that deeper part of my mind goes oh well this just isn't happening that's the energy i'm putting into it Uh the other aspect when we get our numbers you can research angel numbers you know one 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 two 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 whatever that is and it'll give you some information too for me now as soon as i get the synchronicity of numbers the first thing i say is thank you i know you're here Uh so it can be spirit and it can be god it can be both I know you were asking that share just a few minutes ago, whether it's from spirit guides or loved ones, it couldn't be either. But what I do now, I always look at it typically coming from my guides. So I say, okay, universe and my guides, I know you're here. I recognize you're trying to get my attention and I will kind of acknowledge that I've heard them and I've got the message and then I will pay attention to what's coming up over the next couple of days. So it doesn't have to be this huge epiphany of, oh, I've got this beautiful thing dropping in my lap. It might be an opportunity. You know, maybe someone starts talking about a course, you know, always want to take the course. These are things to be aware of. So it is that higher part of ourselves. It can be spirit. It can be guides, but saying, hey, be aware. Yeah. Are these from spirit guides or from loved ones? It can be from anyone. Trust the intuition. And for me, if I'm not sure, I'll stop. I'll meditate. I'll just close my eyes, take some breaths and ask, okay, step forward and trust. Maybe it's be a memory that comes up. Maybe it'll be a smell. That's where our clairs come in, right? Mm-hmm. When information's coming forward, I'm if I'm not sure, I can ask for clarity. Yeah. And trust what you hear. Yeah. Trust what you hear. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, especially lately, have been having, we call it synchronicity and numbers. And, you know, I know this has come up in in our Ask Us Anything before, but a lot of people are experiencing it. So look at it as I call it the the wake up shake up. Yeah, right. absolutely. The world's changing. The world is awakening. And little things like this through numbers is such an easy way to get people's attention, especially when you're first beginning, because you don't trust, oh, this is a message from spirit. It's like, you might be like, oh, no, it's not. I mean, how many times do you say to clients, they're showing you different messages through synchronicity, through those numbers, and then they'll brush it off, right? The fact that you're noticing it share and you know that, you know, somebody's looking out for you, I think yeah. you're in the right direction. And we still get it now, like all just about all the time over the past couple of weeks, I get the one, 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 11, 11. I'm getting the ones. Same thing. And it's just like, you know what? I know you're here. And sure, I know you said, I hope to be able to decipher this myself one day. Don't say I hope to. I am deciphering it, Mm -hmm. right? Be in the moment of it and just be in the experience. Don't worry about it. Something always out here that, uh, well, hopefully I'll get there. No. When we create, we're in that moment, right? If I don't understand, please provide clarity. 
all you have to say before you go to sleep. That's an altered state just before we fall asleep. So you can put that intention out. Maybe you'll have a dream or something. Like I said, something will come up because we're in the flow of that creative energy and what we're asking for, the energy we put out, we will receive back. We just need to take the time to stop and listen. Normally we're so busy that we don't take the time. And that's where it's important as well is, is to have the time. You know, we live in such a fast paced world, allow, you know, electronics and everything else. And we have to step away and just be in ourselves, be in the quiet, whether it's music, whether it's yoga, whether it's walking, whatever that is, but be open to receiving and set aside time to do that. Well, even we were talking on the podcast today, it's about a relationship. It's about a connection and it takes work. It takes dedication. You can't expect to have a great friendship with somebody and never acknowledge them or never talk to them. So by taking that time to check in or meditate or journal or whatever it is, you know, to pull a card, whatever it is every time you do that spirit your loved ones you know whoever you're working with in the spirit realm they're like yes yes and you build that connection yeah and it's we talked about that today too right right kim about uh there's our cheerleaders they got the pom-poms they're going yes you know by acknowledging it it, it's a start and pamela i see you saying i try to acknowledge and thank spirit when i see the numbers but i always forget to keep myself aware short-term memory and this is why for us i mean and it should be something that we all do but we use a term you know, daily spiritual practices. What is that half an hour that I'm going to spend for myself every day? And it may be part of my journal. So when I experience that, I'm going to write it down. So I don't have to worry about forgetting about it. And if I take that time for myself every day, you know, that's the reminders. Oh, I remember this. I'm still paying attention. But then I also have a place to document it when something does come up. I found for me, the journal became a real tool for validation, right? And it helped me to believe in the information I was getting because I had already written it. It was something I could tangibly go back to because I was a very left brain person. Uh And Kim knows I like still like structure and, you know, but I can, you can still do the other work and have that side, right? So what tools have you got so you can record it and go back to it? This brings us to the end of this episode. On behalf of Kim and myself, I would like to thank you for coming and listening to our Ask Us Anything highlights. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of I Am Divine, and as always, thank you for listening. So if you enjoy our show, please rate our podcast and be sure to come back next week where we are going to be talking about ascension. This is a really, really good podcast. It's going to help you understand what's really going on in our world, all the craziness, all the chaos, all the trauma that's coming up for people, why it's happening, what's going on. So until then, this is Paula on behalf of myself and Kim. And don't forget that you are powerful. I am divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.